GM, everybody. Hello, everyone. GM, GM. Hello, hello. Oh, I see Andrew's here. Andrew, can you request the mic, please? I tried to give it to you, but um, I think you may have to request it. Hey, Belladone. Good morning. All right, he's connecting. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Jenny, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good, we appreciate you having us here today. Awesome, yeah, we're super excited. It's been a while since I spoke to Whalecoin Talk. I connected with Noah a little while ago, and we talked about doing a Brave AMA, and uh, it just it didn't get a chance to materialize, but then you guys hosted Luke the other day, so it did end up happening in the end, and we're really happy about that. It was a great space, and Luke always does a great job. Jenny, did you have time to tune into that one, or you just kind of saw the afterthought? After no, I, I heard it was coming, and I, I know I know that it happened, but I haven't had a chance to tune in. Is there a transcript or something somewhere? I definitely need to check it out. There is, yes. yes. Okay, yes. fantastic. I will definitely be tuning in. Luckily, uh, Luke is on my team, so I, I talk to him every day, and I, I probably know the whole you know, top to bottom of, of what he covered. But nevertheless, I will definitely tune in. He's always, um, <laughs> he's always great. Awesome. And, and as usual, we do appreciate Drew kind of putting this together as well as, as well as our prior space. Uh, Drew does a great job. And I'm also, I'm also a personal fan of Drew, the fact that he does all the punchy penguins. So oh. shout out to Drew listening down below. That's awesome. <laughs> We're big Drew fans here too. <laughs> I, I mean, Jenny, I would hope so. <laughs> Right? It would be kind of weird if we weren't. So are we waiting for Noah to join? I have texted one of the team members to bring one of the accounts in. They should be coming shortly. We can kick this off whenever, whenever you are ready. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we can we can hang in there for another minute or two. Um, oh, I see someone requested the mic here. Oh, it's Drew. There you go, Drew. Okay. Hey, Belladone. Hey, Viking. Hi, Bapinit. Fred. Oh, we've got Batla Tam in the house. Hey, do you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. I'm just going to share right. the link so we can get some more people in here. Um, maybe Batter and you can drop it in our Discord if it's not already there. All right, on it. Okay, thanks so much. Oh, my gosh, guys. I am in Mexico City right now, and it is so hot today. I've got a fan on behind me. I've got a window open in front of me, and I'm sweating. <laughs> wow. Are you still down there? I'm still here. Yeah, I'm here until um, Sunday. I'm going to a women in tech meetup tonight, which I'm really excited about. And we'll be representing Brave there. And um, yeah, that's honestly one of the reasons I extended my trip was to be able to attend that in person. I connected with this wonderful girl, Mali, at Talentland the other day. And um, she's one of the organizers of this event. And she invited me and I was like, well, I'll be in Mexico City. So I'll definitely pop by. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's such an amazing city. Have any of you guys ever visited? Not Mexico City, no. Oh, my God. It's unreal. Like, I was not expecting it to be so awesome. And I don't know why that is. But um, I think I think maybe it's because everybody, most of the people that I've known who have traveled to Mexico have gone to, like, Cancun and Tulum and Cabo and, like, you know, stayed in resorts. And so um, their, you know, perception of the country is very limited. Um, but Mexico City is so cool. It's like a combination of like New York, L.A., kind of feels like Barcelona in some parts. They have so much amazing food, music, culture. There's so much to do. The people are so nice. Oh, my God. I, I love it. I want to move here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had uh, some friends that like they took their family down like 
last month. Like, it was like spring break or something. They went to Mexico City. I was like, that's kind of interesting. But uh, they said, yeah, it was a pretty cool, cool, cool place, cool trip. Yeah, it, it's like actually incredible. I would recommend it to anyone. And the weather is gorgeous, at least this time of year, like during the day, at night, it's like, you know, you can walk outside in a t-shirt or a light sweater. Oh, it's just so nice. It's such a nice change for me coming from the freezing tundra that is Montreal. <laughs> okay, so we can probably kick off here. And then when Noah shows up, we'll just loop him in. But um, yeah, whoever's here, Belladone Viking, Wilfredo, if you guys want to tweet the link, get some more people in the room. Usually it fills up as we get rolling. Um, and there's, of course, always the recording that people can tune into later. But um, yeah, in the meantime, let's kick it off. Okay, sorry, Andrew lost the mic, but he's back. All right, so welcome everyone to another Bat Community Twitter Spaces. Today we are in the Bat Cave with Whalecoin Talk. We are super pumped. Whalecoin Talk is a platform focused on educating cryptocurrency newcomers through its AMA channel, featuring podcast-style interviews with industry leaders from companies like Binance, Polygon, Solana, and more. It has conducted over 1,000 successful AMAs to date and is committed to providing reliable information to its ever-growing audience. Whalecoin Talk is also uh, a collaborator with uh, multiple universities, including Duke, Cornell, and Virginia Tech. Uh, they partner with blockchain clubs to empower students with the tools and resources necessary to contribute to the future of decentralized technology. Whoa, that is so cool. There's a lot to dig into today, so let's move quickly through our intros and dive right in to the questions. Um, just quickly for anyone um, visiting here for the first time, we're super excited to have you here today. For some quick background on us, we are the BAT community. BAT, short for Basic Attention Token, is an Ethereum-based rewards token used in Brave, a fast and private web browser that blocks YouTube ads and other invasive third-party ads and trackers right out of the box, no extensions required. BAT works within Brave by fairly pricing user attention and rewarding users in BAT for choosing to see ads that are privacy respecting. It empowers them to pay it forward by supporting their favorite content creators or causes with BAT tips or easily programmed BAT donations. Brave has a user-first philosophy, so its private ads and rewards system is totally opt-in. Additionally, the browser eliminates the need for extensions, like I mentioned earlier, by shipping with various privacy features and tools. For example, a shield that keeps you and your data safe from third-party ads and trackers, private search, an AI summarizer, private video conferencing, VPN, multi-chain crypto wallet, and more. You guys know the drill. <laughs> to learn more about Brave's full list of preloaded features and tools, you can visit brave.com features. If you want to download the browser for the first time, brave.com download. It's also available on mobile. And if you want to learn more about the BAT token, or I guess saying BAT token is pretty redundant. It's the basic attention token. If you want to learn more about the basic attention token, you can go to basicattentiontoken.org to learn more about BAT and its various utilities. Uh, but please do so after the spaces. Give us your undivided attention because um, it's going to be a good one. As for intros, I'm going to run through this quick. My name is Jenny. Uh, I'm your host today along with my wonderful team. We'll be guiding you through the space as usual. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm in Mexico City today, but I'm usually based in Montreal, Canada. I've been with the Bat and Brave community since 2017 and then transitioned to 
uh, more of a, a full-time role, full-time community-facing role, I should say, in uh, January 2018. And now my work focuses on expanding partnerships and driving the growth, adoption, and integration of BAT. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions or ideas for the BAT ecosystem. I love connecting with others who are passionate about creating a better and more private web. Uh, during this event, please don't hesitate to request the mic if you have any questions, or you can type your questions in the replies under the Twitter Spaces link. We'll be reading them and um, reading them live so that the guests can answer them. We're happy to address them. Now, let's meet the team, starting with Drew. Hey, guys, Drew. Um, it's good to be back on space again. It's been a few weeks, been busy, so uh, happy to be back. You can usually find me in the Bat Brigade Discord which is discord.gg slash Brigade or here on Twitter, of course. So super excited to have Andrew. And, and uh, Andrew, I know you were mentioning me setting things up, but uh, give yourself some credit because you probably did just as much or more than I did. <laughs> so I uh, appreciate you guys having Luke on. I'm happy to have you here now. Looking forward to this one. Thanks. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate those kind words. Guys, I was not compensated or paid to say this, but I do actively use a Braze browser on a daily basis. I did say this on our last AMA, which was, I think, last week or this week. The time's kind of flying by. So I'm an active user. I think the privacy browser, I think, is very, very underutilized. I think it's also very, very early in terms of people becoming aware of the browser and the utilities of being private and kind of surfing the web protected in a protected way. And I think that the future for Brave is personally very, very bright. And as Drew and, and Jenny kind of alluded to, I am part of the Whalecoin Talk team. Uh, to kind of add what Jenny said, we appreciate that great introduction. I am. We also partner with multiple conferences. Uh, Bitcoin Miami is one of those conferences. There's a few other that are currently taking place. You guys can check that out on our website. Essentially, we kind of provide media content creation through documentation for those conferences in terms of posting content of, of actual live events, us being there, uh, all that great stuff. We also will have some booths at, at, at Bitcoin Miami. So probably we'll be doing some live interviews on Twitter spaces or even kind of post it afterwards on our YouTube channel, all that great stuff. We also, you know, are very, very adamant about not always posting first, but obviously kind of, you know, not, not posting first necessarily, but always, you know, being very, very accurate when posting so we, we don't create misinformation. As we know, we come into space where kind of things happen super, 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 super fast. And we like to get things as accurate as we can possible and kind of verify things before we kind of shoot them out. Some people really kind of push in the space to be first, but sometimes being first may lack, may lack some credibility in terms of what was accurate and what was not accurate. And we try to kind of, you know, for the sake of people and all the community, community members that really kind of, you know, digest and consume our information, we make sure to get that accurate at all times. Obviously, you're, you're not going to get this 100% right for me to say that it's possible. It's, it's, it would be silly. But we try to do as best as we can on a daily, monthly, weekly basis to make sure everything is accurate as possible. Oh, wow. Thank you for that amazing intro. First, thank you for the amazingly kind words about Brave. We're glad you're such a fan and uh, confirming that we did not pay you to say that. That was all volunteered information, but we're glad you love the browser and its features so much. Um, also, we have a small team going to BTC Miami, so we should connect you with them. Uh, Luke, I, I believe, is going and so are about five or six other people, um, and I'm sure they'd love to do a live on the spot AMA if you have any slots available, so we'll definitely uh, need to connect after this to... to to set that up. But thanks so much, Andrew. And then quickly before we dive into the questions, I just wanted to give uh, Batterin and Guillermo a quick uh, chance to introduce themselves and say hi to the group. Maybe Batterin can kick us off. Hi, yeah. uh, I'm Batterin. I started off making memes and now I lead the Bat Ambassador program, which uh, promotes Bat across cultures and platforms. 
And uh, I'm based in Portugal and it's lovely here. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Hello, everyone. Guilherme. And I am an artist slash illustrator and designer for Brave and Basic and Dungeon Token. And I create visually stimulating pieces to support and engage with the community, also based in Portugal. Thank you very much. Ooh, these intros are getting concise and really good. <laughs> well done, team. It's like, yeah. like a machine gun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we need to get a, a bad community gun for D-Gen Royale <laughs> that shoots out intros. That's silly. Never mind. Anyway, okay, Andrew, back to the questions. Um, if if you could tell us what inspired the creation of Whalecoin Talk and what was the initial vision for the platform? So, Jenny, full transparency, I am one of the newer members of the team. Noah and I actually had communication through, uh, really kind of an AMA that he had asked me to come on, and essentially we kind of you know created you know kind of bonded over synergies. Uh, the past, you know, four or five months prior to me joining the team. That's kind of how I got on. I am very, very new, probably the newest member to the team. But essentially from what, you know, Donut and Noah have told me, essentially the brand was created actually by accident, which most things that are happened by accident, you know, typically can work out very, very well. Essentially the group was put together over a year ago. I believe it was last summer. So it'll, it'll be, you know, close to a year now sometime soon. And essentially, they were kind of have a they had a telegram group is where kind of everything originated of people trying to get the quote unquote alpha and essentially, you know, find themselves investing in the great projects, great brands. And essentially, that's kind of where the group came from. And essentially, they realized that the group has now become more of a group. And that's when the account got created and the name and the branding and kind of the team members were, were kind of put in place. And it's kind of become this, I guess, quote unquote, media, uh, Web3 media brand that has you know, today, which is actually very, very amazing considering that it's not very old, right? And most of these brands in this space are, are definitely startups. So we are definitely a startup as well. And this is 100% startup culture. And I think there's something great about startup culture is that you can kind of, you know, push the boundaries, especially in such a new industry like this. And that's something we're actively trying to do. Obviously, we know mainstream media, I'm not sure what you guys take on mainstream media is, but I know that, you know, it is somewhat dying and kind of diluted its brand. And we're hoping to kind of capitalize on the opportunity. Wow, that's amazing. So the project kind of came together super organically. You had all these people coming into Twitter, searching for the alpha on various projects, and then this group sort of eventually formed and took the place as like the informant or the, the deliverer of alpha. <laughs> yeah, so essentially there was a bunch of like-minded individuals that came that started actually yeah. as investors. I feel like most of us from yeah. the space actually, Jenny, start from investors. I personally started as an investor on my personal journey within crypto blockchain, I originally came from the Dogecoin craze. I entered within that time period, I think it was around October, November before Dogecoin and the SNL took place. That's when I had gotten to this space, so relatively new as well. And then I came in as an investor and, that I, and then ended up actually getting, you know, some of a career within this space and kind of hoping to further myself as well as the team here. Uh, my team personally, they all came in through crypto as an investors. Uh, there's been a lot of that as well from what I've noticed. And I think that's how most people kind of enter this space. They, they realize that they want, you know, obviously people come here financially incentivized, which is totally fine. I then kind of fall in love with those who are also here in terms of, you know, being like-minded individuals. And there are some very, very smart people in this space. So that's what I think keeps everyone around aside, aside from being financially invest, incentivized, which is totally cool. And that's what I think everyone kind of bonds over, you know, kind of, you know, everyone's here for the same reason, kind of push boundaries. And obviously, you know, hopefully one, one, one day change the world. And the, the mass adoption kind of, you know, quote unquote thing that's really taking place and people kind of refer to this all the time. I personally don't believe it'll be one catalyst event. I think it's a bunch of smaller events that take place day in and day out and a bunch of conversations that kind of multiply themselves on a daily basis to actually scale this thing forward from when, when mass adoption is going to actually occur.
Can I hop in real quick? Um, yeah, absolutely. So just, and you may have been uh, about to say the same thing, Jenny, but uh, basically all of us here, um, you must got Has it stopped for everyone or just me? Oh, okay. It stopped for me. Yeah, I was also wondering. It's back. Okay, Drew, can you try to speak again? Oh, no. Yeah, we may have to pull him back up because okay. I also did not hear him for like four or five seconds. I thought it was me one time. Hey. Apparently it was not. Okay, Drew, you're did back. Did I cut out? No, Sorry. I think it was, it was a freeze. I got All right, a, yeah, you're back. Phone we're back. call came in and, you know. Twitter spaces has to be on mobile, of course, right? So <laughs> sorry about that. But I was <laughs> if you didn't catch it, I was just saying, hey, we kind of all came up the same way and uh, are working with Brave here. And like, it's it's a great opportunity and uh, just kind of fell in love with the space really and, and been in it as much as possible the last several years now. Heck yeah. Yeah, I also wanted to say that I think it's really incredible that you guys are creating this one space where people can come to get news, live news about various projects in, in the space and like straight from the horse's mouth, uh, you know, if that's an okay, you know, phrase to use here, um, where you can like engage with team members from that project directly rather than reading like an FAQ or like articles or, you know, comms from that project, like you're getting live updates in real time and you can, you know, ask questions too. Uh, I think that's really amazing. We in the past have hosted many AMA um, with the Brave team and, and also partner projects on Reddit. And they've always been a success. But of course, that was just for our project. And I've never, prior to Whalecoin Talk, I've never known of uh, one specific place where I can go to kind of get like the alpha and engage directly with team members from projects all across the space. So I think what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible. Um, so maybe, maybe Andrew, maybe you can give us a lay of the land. Like how many AMAs you guys currently host per month? Who hosts them? And where do you primarily host them? I know you mentioned Telegram, but are they still held mainly on Telegram or do you host them through Twitter? Do you host them like live on YouTube? Do you stream them? How does it work? Okay, so we appreciate the kind words first and foremost. Most of those AMAs actually do occur on Twitter as Twitter is for kind of the financial hub. It actually does take place for crypto in my opinion. So most of those do occur through Twitter. Obviously some also, you know, do take place on Twitter or Instagram or Telegram rather, but I feel like majority of those actually do happen on Twitter. The sake that most people are active on this platform will spend XYZ hours a day. I will say that I think personally, everyone at scale within this space their screen time has probably doubled in the past four or five months. So essentially we see all the user <laughs> and user attention on this platform. So typically that's kind of where we, you know, usually operate as well as it's a lot more simple for, I guess, these, these brands that are building in public with whether it be NFT projects, NFT brands or crypto brands to, to kind of, you know, I guess, indulge themselves in our Twitter spaces because they are very, you know, native to the platform opposed to having some of them jump on Telegram. We also feel like it's also one of those platforms, Twitter spaces that this is a form of audio and radio. Obviously, there's no visual for this right now. So essentially, we're taking advantage of this at full capacity as, as much as we can possible. And in terms of the AMAs per month, it really does it really does depend in terms of like, you know, who's busy, who's not busy, who's kind of left the space, who's still here type of thing. Uh, most teams, um, you know, I don't want to 
generalized, but most teams really do kind of stay quiet some, you know, throughout this period of time, which I think actually kind of hurts their brand. And we've seen that really in the NFT space. I know Drew could definitely touch upon that with some brands, but we won't say those. Um, so we feel like those projects, those brands are kind of, you know, fizzling themselves out in a way, whereas like, you know, Drew and, and the Pudgy Penguins community that I'm actually part of as well, you know, Luca's always talking on space. It's not something we do appreciate from an investing standpoint. And that's just what we try to give other community members when kind of hosting these AMAs. And much like you said, with, you know, kind of traditional stocks and traditional finance, essentially with those brands and, and the operators and those and those brands and those companies, they don't really get vocal with their audience. So these people end up spending and reading, you know, four or five hours, whatever it may be, reading through papers, kind of monthly, you know, monthly or, or you know, quarterly, you know, I guess, uh, how can I say this, reports on the brand, how they've done, are they going under, are they not going under, do they have capital left, you know, things of that nature, where the horse's mouth kind of presents, presents all information to those currently on Twitter. So that's essentially what we're trying to bring. And like, you know, we're not native to the fact that these people just don't, you know, come on to any spaces or any brands. They're very selective to where they come on. So we're also very appreciative of that factor as well and try to make it, you know, nice and, and, and friendly as possible it is for them and kind of let them spread their message as long as it's a good one over our platform. Yeah, incredible. And I love how, you know, doing it over Twitter spaces is is so wonderful because you can like kind of have the the space or the AMA on in the background while you do other things and you don't have to like, you know, sit and like you like you mentioned, like read through papers or like long updates or long comms. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a very quick I, I'm guessing about like an hour long. Is that usually how long they run or, or longer, shorter? Yeah, usually they're about an hour long. I believe with Luke, we went slightly over because Luke's, Luke's a great talker and hit on a lot of great points. Yes. So we went slightly over. There's <laughs> actually some brands as well we have gone over uh, the period of time. Something that we've also encouraged uh, through my team as well is that we are trying to get people of notoriety on the space. So we had, we had Michael Frenzies come on about a month and a half ago to explain his kind of background, his kind of story, how that took place opposed to kind of yeah. going more so crypto stuff we've always we've also ventured into different verticals and kind of get those important people on that people want to talk about and we feel like have you know we feel like part of those spaces as well are very very good when it comes to collaborations in, in the sense that we get people on the panel who ask good crush good questions obviously respectful questions opposed to just kind of us you know kind of posting these things where we give people opportunity to host them and kind of talk as well up on the panel yeah, on that note, actually, I have a few questions, I guess, rolled into one. Um, what criteria do you use to select projects and, you know, industry leaders that you feature in the AMA sessions? And, you know, do you approach projects for AMAs or do projects come to you? Is it a mix of both? And um, also, do they have to pay for exposure or is it free? How does it all work? Yeah, so essentially, Jane, that's a great question. So some of these projects kind of, you know, come to us and, and we like the, we like the exposure. Uh, some of those, full, full transparency, are paid for. The team does disclose those. I guess the projects with more, more, more notoriety, as well as, you know, larger brands in this space, we typically, you know, message out, ask their interest, interest in stuff like that. Essentially, it's how it kind of took place between Drew, myself, and Luke. I initially reached out, and then Luke, and then Drew kind of put me in touch with Luke. That's kind of how that process works like. But it, there, there's not really one set dead answer. There's a lot of things that really kind of, I guess come into play here in terms of who comes on, how they come on for how long and things of that nature. But there are, there are opportunities for, for paid stuff as well as the, the opportunity we kind of on the platform to these larger brands to come on for obvious reasons. Yeah. Awesome. And I think it makes sense, um, you know, sometimes for brands to pay for exposure. I mean, you guys have grown considerably. I think right now you have something in the you know ballpark of like over 300 K Twitter followers. Like that's a massive audience to present to a huge opportunity for amplification. Um, yeah, it, it, it's incredible. So actually on that note of, of growth, how has whale coin talk, um, 
evolved since its inception? And I know you're newer to the team, so maybe this would be a better question for Noah when he gets here and let me know if you think it is. But um, Jenny, the, wanna... not to cut you off, but the aquarium count is here. I believe Noah might be on that account as well. If you want to bring that up, oh, I'm amazing. Sure we can touch upon that as well. But from my kind of general knowledge, uh, the team has grown from a Telegram-based team to more so a Twitter-based team now operating on YouTube, Twitter, all the platforms where there are obviously various you know, distribution methods as well as different cultures on different platforms. I would argue every platform has different culture. And I think that Twitter, in my opinion, has the best culture. Very, very biased because I'm currently on Twitter with a Twitter space with your community. But essentially, Twitter is the most mm -hmm. favorable platform, in my opinion. My screen time has definitely tripled, as I said before. And essentially, <laughs> that, I mean, essentially that's kind of what, how, how the team has grown. But I believe Noah's on the Aquarium account. And you can definitely touch upon that further. Yeah, welcome, Noah. I just uh, gave you the mic. Sorry, I, I saw you lingering in the audience there, but I, I didn't realize it was you on the account. So welcome. Um, if you want to introduce yourself, please go ahead. Uh, I, I've already connected with you a while ago. I don't know if you remember, but um, welcome back. It's really nice to connect. And, and yeah, give us a quick intro, a little bit of background about yourself for the audience and, uh, you know, describe your current role at WhaleCoin Talk. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for the intro. Certainly remember talking back in the day or rather back in the day in, in crypto um, in a crypto timeline. I I'm sorry that we don't have the main whale coin talk account here. It, we accidentally scheduled the space on it. The aquarium is our broadcasting arm. So we schedule all the spaces on the aquarium typically. Uh, so again, apologies for that. But, and we had a, we just had a AMA with helium that went over by about 20 minutes. So 25 minutes. So part, Again, apologies for the tardiness to answer your questions. Uh, in short, uh, I've been in the space since 2017, late 2017. I've worked on a couple of uh, relatively, uh, well, I don't even want to discuss, not unsuccessful, but also not successful startups. And they, they kind of, um, they, they kind of kept the fumes going, but I moved on to the next thing. Whalecoin Talk has been the biggest and the most successful Web3 startup that I've been a part of building. And we, how we changed since the inception. So, uh, a childhood friend of mine started the channel back in July fifth of twenty twenty one, and it was really a place where we all got rugged on some, um, I don't know, it, it was some like BSC shit coin, and anyone that was protesting in the in the whale group of that shit coin kept getting banned. So we, you know, my buddy. Um, he started the the channel for a place for people to shoot the shit and talk about different plays and share contract scanner or rather install contract scanners and honeypot detectors. And the community slowly grew, uh, well, not slowly, rapidly grew into a place where people were sharing different plays, sharing private sale allocations, uh, you know, all, all the good stuff that was happening during 2021 bull, 2021 bull market. We became rapidly also known for our AMAs. Uh, and so over time, we were kind of the, the, one of the main AMA channels in the BSC space. Big crash happened back in June of 2022. We had to kind of put our heads together and pivot and decide, well, what do we want to do? We want to do we want to keep this model intact? Is this is something that's that's going to be sufficient through the bear market. And the answer to that was no. It's um, and I'm not going to point any fingers, but, you know, there, there are a lot of AMA channels, in my opinion, that didn't pivot and, and they're kind of. Uh, they're running on fumes, but we decided we want to do all three, all, all things Web3 Media. We want to not just host AMAs, but we want to also put out educational news content. And we want to you know, be boots on the ground and, and do um, talk, speaking events at not just universities, but also 
uh, also blockchain conferences. So we brought on a lot of projects, a lot of blue chips. Most of the top 100 at this point have been on our podium, talked about what they've built. Uh, and maybe apart from Ethereum, I'm working on getting Charles from, from Cardano as well as, uh, yeah, as well as someone from Ethereum. But apart from that, um, you know, we're, we're still doing AMAs. We do them every day. And we, I'd say we are as strong as we've ever been. And I'm just looking forward to the next bull run. We've had this educational campaign recently. We reached out to blockchain clubs across the country and we're partnering with those respective universities. Uh, uh, you can find them all on our website, but it's really remarkable to see what students have been doing at the collegiate level, how smart these guys are. Um, and they understand Web3 the way that millennials understood the internet. So we have been cultivating those relationships. We really believe that Web, uh, excuse me, that, that Gen Z, Gen Alpha are gonna be the next big wave of money interest adoption that funnels and pushes in this industry to the next level. So that was kind of a long-winded answer to kind of your multifaceted question and pass it back to you. Hey, real quick, um, Andrew's got his hand up. I know, I think he's got a hard stop here about right now. So uh, maybe we can let him just say a last parting word, but definitely want to chat some more with you, Andrew, when you get a chance. Sure, I appreciate that. I will say though, Noah, Noah's approach is very, very modest. Uh, so Noah was actually the one who created, put the new model in place for the brand to kind of transition and, and I guess accumulate more growth and scale more growth when it comes to, you know, having these other brands on. Essentially, I would encourage everyone kind of listening in the stands as well, or even the back community has done a great job with this thus far. Podcasting, AMA hosting is the best way to network. And I promise you, because of the experience of, of building the platform, building the brand through the AMAs, through the podcast, it's been the fastest way to network with people that we never thought we'd ever speak to before. And I think it's the best way to grow a company, grow a brand, and, and I guess accumulate growth over a period of time. Obviously, you may not get, you know, CZ, the Charles Hawkinsons in the world off the first show, but 90% of, you know, podcasts, statistically, statistically proven and backed, actually stop after the, you know, the 10th episode. So don't be part of that 10% or that 90% rather, and be part of that 10% that actually, you know, goes further than the 20 episode and definitely stay on it and stay consistent. Essentially, the things will grow over time. I'm sure the back community has done things, you know, they, they, they thought coming to the space that they would never do. And they've accomplished those things through the AMAs. So I would encourage everyone to keep continuing, continuing on that path. And obviously, you know, the AMA kind of, you know, model that we'll put in place being very modest was probably the, one of the best things the brand could have done. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for those words. That was an amazing, those were amazing closing words. And um, yeah, you Jenny, know, if I, if I may very quickly as well, yeah. no, before I cross my men, Jenny, and I believe a couple other team members will be at the BTC Miami conference. So if we can definitely kind of sync up with them there, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Amen to that. I love it. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. Guys, so much. I appreciate you having me on. I do have a meeting like two minutes ago, so I, I will be, uh, leaving, you know, within the next 10, 20 seconds. But Drew, I, I definitely appreciate this opportunity. We can definitely sync after this and we can definitely host another, you know, AMA and kind of do more collaborative stuff with you, with your brand as, as well as mine, probably in the very near f future. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll hand the baton off to Noah, I guess, here. <laughs> but, uh, I guess, Guillermo, did you have a question too? Indeed, I do, friends. Um, I'm actually curious, when did the, the project start and do you remember what the first project you had on for an AMA was? Um, yeah, so you, you're saying when did Whale Coin Talk start? Correct, yes. Yeah, Whale Coin Talk uh, started on, it was born on July 5th of 2021. And I 
don't man i don't know because i didn't hurt i didn't host the first ama um i would have to ask uh, someone on my team let me get back to you on that one i I have it i have it at the tip of my tongue but i can't remember it yeah quite quite frankly i don't think i remember what was our first guest in our spaces either and i was there um I think Our first guest was Epic Eagles on February 4th, oh. 2022. <laughs> oh, wow. Was it our first guest or didn't we have one of the brave uh, team members on our space? Oh, no, shoot. You're right. You're right. That's totally a lie. We, ha- um, we, ha- we have it written somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, I have it. I have it. We had we had our first introductory back community space on January 28th, 2022. Then we did Epic Eagles. Then we did Crypto Plebes. Then we did Dan Murphy, Chris, Marshall, Carlos. Then we had like a kind of a rapid fire of team members for a while. <laughs> but yeah, I, I only know that because I have it pulled up on my screen here. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So sorry, going back to you, Noah. Um, wow. So you've experienced some pretty exponential growth since July 5th, 2021. I mean, going from zero to over 300K followers on your Twitter alone in that short of a time span is, I mean, nothing short of remarkable. So congrats on that. And now being one of the biggest AMA channels in the space, and Andrew touched on this a little bit earlier, but I'd love to hear your take. How do you guys ensure that the information presented on WhaleCoin Talk is accurate, as unbiased as possible, and as current as possible? (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because I get this question a lot and um, it's tough you know I I try to be well so so I guess there's a two-part answer to this question how do I ensure that the project that's coming on is sharing accurate information and they're they're being genuine and they're not they don't have any malicious intent um the the answer the answer and it's not a perfect answer but the answer is that we do our best to research every project that comes on we have a cto that looks at their their smart contracts that looks at that basically looks at everything that i don't i don't really understand um as far as from my technical perspective but uh, you know and and the word but i'm sorry that i have to put the word but in here but at the end of the day, as we've all seen, if you've been in this industry for you know, more than a, a year or two, they will projects will always find a way. I call I call them soft rugs because uh, oftentimes you go just go go find a project that was all hype in 2021 and look at the chart and the chart's gone like negative 100 x and you go to the Discord and they just say, well, we're still building, we're still building, we're still building, but. Um, you know, devs are very easily able to make pseudo wallets. Team members are very easily able to make pseudo wallets and pseudo wallets is dump. Uh, so stuff like that, we can't really control. I, we have never, ever told any community member that the price of something is going to go up or down or sideways. We've never made any sort of speculation as this project has uh, huge potential. You know, it's going to, it's going to, we always just say, we always are just like here is <clears throat> here is so and so. They're aiming to solve X, Y, and Z. This is how they're aiming to do it. And rather, they're they're the ones that are explaining how they're going to do it. D Y O R. Use your own discretion. Do your own research. And I always tell people. I tell my audience all the time. I'm only buying Bitcoin and ETH in this bear market. I'm super boring. I'm not touching anything else. And uh, t- I mean, probably to my own. Um, 
detriment because a lot of uh, smaller layer ones, or rather smaller altcoins have done really good um, over the last few months. But um, yeah, I'm not investing in anything other than Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, yeah, I might miss out on some 100x gain, but for every 100x, I think there's like 10 rugs or soft rugs or just projects that die. So that's how we do, I guess that's, we do our best when it comes to who we bring on. And then how do we, um, for, for my angle, I try to be as unbiased as possible when I'm interviewing a project, although I've slipped a few times when, uh, I don't know, if I think a project is really bad, um, or I, if I just think that they're, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have my, I have very strong opinions uh, and I typically just keep them to myself or keep them to my core team chat. Um, but I try to be as unbiased and let the community decide for themselves what they think. Uh, but I, I can see through BS pretty well at this point in, in, in my five years being in this industry. Yeah, I, I think like that, the was, approach. that was... Oh, go ahead, Drew. I was just going to say, I like the approach. It's just kind of letting people present, you know, what they're doing. Let, you know, the listeners kind of decide. Um, maybe occasionally throw an opinion out there and stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I like that approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's what we try to do with the Twitter spaces too, you know, like try to remain neutral, try to remain, remain unbiased, do research on the project in advance as much as we can, steer away from endorsement just because we're having a conversation with somebody doesn't mean that we are necessarily endorsing, doesn't mean that we're, you know, partnering or collaborating um, or, you know, we are, I guess it is a form of promotion, but we're certainly not endorsing. We let the the guests themselves do that. And it sounds kind of like Whalecoin Talk has a similar approach. Now, how granular do you get with the vetting? Like, do you guys um, prepare questions in advance? Like, I know there are live questions that come in, but I'm sure there are some, like we used to do with our AMAs, we had questions prepared in advance and we would, uh, we'd vet the questions that came in through the community in advance. And um, sometimes we'd be like vetting live questions as well. So do you guys do that? Do you do like AMA rehearsals with the guests ahead of time? Do you, um, yeah, any, anything like that? Or do you kind of just like let it flow once it's going? <laughs> Yeah, those are all great questions. I want to. I kind of want to piggyback off of what you said before you asked the questions. Um, man, my brain just went. Uh, I, uh, oh yeah. So, so, so yes. Like just because I just because we bring someone on doesn't mean we're endorsing them or that we're. So I, I guess I guess we can have this debate all day. But like, like I like to use this analogy. If I'm a pod, so if, if I I love I love podcasting, I love talking to people, and if I um. So let's say that, for example, I was an ultra, like I was, sorry, not ultra, but I was like a liberal, I was a liberal person. I was a, a classic liberal person and I, um, and I didn't like Donald Trump. And I'm not saying that I'm a classic liberal and I don't like Donald Trump. I'm just saying, I'm just painting this example. I would still want to interview Donald Trump. Like I would still want to sit across from him and have an objective conversation and have discourse with him and hear what he has to say. Like what, why it's like, well, why do people in my circles hate you so much, right? And maybe from that conversation, I might learn something new, um, or I might, I might even question my own opinions. On the flip side, let's say I'm a, I'm a right wing conservative, um, and I, you know, everyone in my circle hates Joe Biden. Like everyone's like Sleepy Joe, we don't like him. I still want to sit across and and interview Joe Biden. Doesn't mean I endorse his policies, or doesn't mean I um, I, I agree with what he says, but. Uh, I, I still think it's important to talk to everyone, and I think it's important in a in a free market that people uh, do their own research and make their own best educated decisions about things. Um, I 
as an interviewer, I would talk to anyone that wanted to talk to me. Um, and so as a, someone that is looking into different Web3 solutions, project protocols, I want to talk to everybody. And, um, I, you know, it's a bit different, right? There, there are a little bit, there's a little caveat where it's like, well, people are going to be investing in this. And this is why I say don't, I'm not investing. Like I'm not, in, I, and if I am investing in something, I'm, I'm probably not going to say anything at all. But um, it, it's this is what this is what exists. The same way that you're like, okay, this person, um, this person, Joe Biden exists. You decide whether or not you want to vote for him, right? It's not. I'm just showing you the person, and I'm asking the best questions that I can. This project exists. This Web three project exists. I'm asking the best questions I can about it. You make your decision whether or not you want to participate and, and put your money into it. So, um, how granular do we get? I, I, it depends on the project. I used to get really, really granular. I used to spend a lot of time asking very detailed questions and making sure that my script was perfect. Um, and I've, I've since kind of tossed that out the window. I, I think I learned that that is not the best approach because instead of thinking about what the person, rather, instead of listening to what the person is saying, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, even if I'm trying not to. Um, so what I've done is instead of writing out a bunch of questions, I write like 10, um, 10 to 20 high level questions about the project and that, that I have. And then when the guest is speaking, I have my laptop out and I'm taking notes about what they're saying. And then that helps me get follow up questions. And it it makes for a much more because when you're if you're in front of somebody in person, it's much easier to listen to them. You can't look away. You can't get distracted by anything. But when you're on your phone, it's very easy to get distracted, I found, especially for someone like me. Um, and so there are no rehearsals. No, we don't do rehearsals. A lot of times guests will ask for questions and I'll say, here are 10 questions, but I'm going to be asking follow-up questions. Uh, I, I guess the most Coinbase was probably the most, we had Coinbase advanced trade on and they were very like, we only want you to ask these questions. So if someone says like, we only want you to ask these questions and that's fine. I'll, I'll do that as well. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I can get pretty granular. I found it's not the case. And the last, last thing on that, uh, with, um, when it comes to a very technical project like Avalanche, I had Avalanche on and I was really getting into the nitty gritty of subnets and how that works and their tech and how that works. And it, while it's fun for me um, and while I really like to challenge myself, because a lot of this stuff goes over my head and I show it to my developer friend and he explains things to me. My developer friend listened to the broadcast and he's like, hey, look, this is this was good. And it, it, um, it interests me. But think about your average audience. And what I found that uh, in order for one of the critical catalysts to mass adoption is people need to be able to understand things in layman's terms. People need to be able to understand how this stuff's going to actually help and improve their lives. And if they don't, they're not going to be willing to participate um, or not going to not going to want to participate. So I've even um, like with helium, I can get into like the, the super technical questions and really ask about how their how their network works and how the, the data packets and the selling. But no, it's like give us a high level overview and then tell us what problems you're solving. Right. Tell us. Uh, and it, it may, it makes for, I think I found a sweet spot when it comes to a lot of these AMAs. Um, so it's like a hybrid. Don't, uh, although I've gone into AMAs, I haven't had time to prepare and I've gone into AMAs blindsided. And really like if you're in a situation, I think it's always good to prepare like some questions. It's a hybrid between a granular and a kind of laid back fireside chat, um, hands-off approach. But if you are forced to go into something and you don't have time to prepare, just listen. To, if, if you just listen to the person and write down some notes and there some questions, you will not run out of things to talk about, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Wow. I, I honestly agree with everything that you just said, <laughs> like big time for real. Um, it really sounds like Whale Coin Talk is aiming to be a platform for curious minds, right? Presenting all views, examining all sides of the coin. It's about education and not about creating an echo chamber for your views and those who agree with them, right? I think that makes a ton of sense. And I totally hear you about being dynamic versus being overprepared. Um, I think it's a trap that we've all fallen into, especially, I mean, like, you know, we we don't um, host AMAs in the same way that you do, but we host weekly Twitter spaces. And I think in the beginning, like, uh, we made the mistake of like trying to overstructure them and like come in with like, you know, a hundred questions that were like super tailored. But then what ends up happening, which is exactly what you said, is like you're not really listening to what the guest is saying. And instead, you're just waiting to ask your next question because you don't want to look stupid or you don't want to fumble or you don't want to like lose your train of thought. And like, I think it just that's like a natural thing that people default to when they're learning to interview for the first time. But as you get more comfortable, then you can like kind of throw away the script a little bit, be a little bit more dynamic, write down some questions, but like, you know, don't come in uh, ready to like drive the discussion with only the points that you've come up with. Because um, yeah, I think a lot of the time guests bring really interesting things to the table. And if you have too much structure that you try to follow, you're going to like, a gloss over um, some more interesting lines of conversation that you could have gone down, right? So yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree with everything um, that you've said. And also like about keeping it high level, I think for the most part, that's also worked for us. Um, we have done some spaces that have been a little bit more technical and usually we'll try to give the audience a heads up about the kind of space we're hosting. Like if it's with like a, you know, a protocol that's that's a lot and we're gonna, we know we're gonna, we're, we know we're gonna dive into the nitty gritty, then we'll, we'll try to give people a heads up that it's more technical one or you know this one's more of an introduction overview or fireside chat um but yeah no i think i think like personally i agree with everything that you said so that was awesome and i see drew's hand up so i'll let you let you chime in drew yeah yeah, yeah. um so you had mentioned uh noah that uh you guys were just doing a space with helium which is uh i have a helium miner so what's what was your take from that i know that you went switched over so to solana recently right uh, just a quick uh, two 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 bits on on that space you just had with them. Uh, what's your take? Yeah, no, it's a it's a good question, and it was a lot. I took a lot of notes. I don't have my laptop in front of me right now, but my my take was just like if I'm trying to remember, I I've always been wanting to get into helium just in some way. It it seemed pretty easy to set up, but anytime I tried to calculate ROI and tried to calculate where to set one up, I didn't. I, I would just kind of, I don't know. Mm. I just give up. I was like, this is not, I just, I'm spending too much time on this and I can allocate my time uh, better. But what was really cool about the helium, what was cool about the helium AMA was he explained how, cause I asked them, what's the, what's the use case for this? Like, well, okay, we have all these, we, we have all these gateways set up everywhere. And here, one second. Sorry about that. I just have to run into the other room and grab my laptop because I did. So I'm like, you have all these gateways set up. What what did they do? Um, and Joey gave me a really good example. So Joey started out as a community member, and he now is. Uh, let's see, what's his man? I already forgot everything. Isn't that crazy? Um, but I but I have my notes. So. That it's is... hard when you're interviewing different projects back to back. You know, sometimes they <sighs> meld into each other a little bit. It's tricky. Yeah, my retention isn't that great, honestly. Um, I, I mean, it's well, my retention for AMAs isn't that great because exactly as you said, 
I'm interviewing so many projects. And at this point, like there was a one point where I was doing four AMAs a day. Um, it's hard to retain things, which is why I write, um, which is why I take notes. But I'm going to get to what excited me about the Helium uh, project a lot. And it wasn't actually so Joey, Joey said that, like, for example, if you're a construction company and you have a couple thousand dollars of equipment, you have to keep track of all that. And so the the existing options for keeping track of of stuff uh, like a like a big piece of hardware or a big big, uh, thing of hardware would be to attach these larger cellular cellular devices um, to what you're keeping track of. These require big batteries and a cell phone bill, and it's expensive. So uh, LoRaWAN, which is what Helium uses, it's like Bluetooth on steroids, allows you to build a device that does the same thing in this construction scenario for like 20 to 30 bucks. So it, the device is cheaper, it has longer range, and that's kind of where these hotspots, these gateways, these routers come in. Um, uh, they're effectively Wi-Fi routers, but it's basically a box that you can set up in a window or outdoor enclosures, and they draw about like like 2.5 to 5 watts of energy. Um, and so it allows, again, that in, in that example, it allows something that typically is very expensive um, to be done by for, for, to be done by like like pennies on the dollar. Well, not pennies on the dollar, but like a, relatively a, a few dollars. Uh, versus what it cost before but it, you know it lets other people leverage this kind of technology um to track to track like your backpack let's say you travel with a backpack with expensive equipment in it well you can have a, a device in the backpack and get in case it gets stolen for example um and then he talked about how they basically have a, a cell phone network now too right so they have this mobile network that is it's building um, kind of something similar to what we've seen with with AT and T or Verizon, but these gateways, uh, these gateways are being they're able you're able to tap in um, with your phone to any of these gateways, and you can burn helium tokens for like twenty gigs of data, and as long as you're in uh, a service coverage area, like if you're in New York City, you're set. Um, you can just use this decentralized cellular network. Um, without having to go through a third party or anything, just burn the the helium tokens and you participate in that. So those are a couple of use cases that were really exciting to me. Um, and the last thing that was exciting to me was he explained, I'm like, well, how? Well, what's the most effective way to um, to set up these routers? And he explained that, you know, there's there's two different methods for each network. For so for internet of all things and the mobile network, they both tie into HDN. But with the mobile, uh, you want to get as close to a ton of people as you possibly can. Um, so let's say like in the lobby of a coffee shop in Times Square, the lobby's packed. That's probably the most ideal place for mobile gateway. Uh, for the Internet of Things network, which is what we described uh, in the construction example, you would get as high as you can. You want to get a really high point, but also... You don't want to be in New York City. You want to be in the boonies. So if you want to, if you can get that thing on a tower in the middle of Iowa, um, and you you have your one gateway covering that entire service area, that's the most lucrative. Um, we have community members come on 
uh, that were OGs, a lot of them have these like tons of gateways and some of their strategies are going to like really, really lucrative hotspots and knocking on doors and being like, hey, I would love to set this up here in exchange. I'll pay for your Internet bill um, every month. And that that has been that that's like the exchange is it's um it's a no brainer. So it, it, that kind of put into perspective because like a lot of the questions I'm asking now, it's like, OK, I understand what you're doing conceptually. What's what problems solving? And to me, conceptually, now I, I, I could be missing a lot of details here, but it seems like they're solving a problem that exists that a lot of people don't know they have. Um, and so I'm interested now in buying a gateway and trying to participate. I have locations through family where um, I have some family members that live in the middle of nowhere and live on top of hills. So I'm thinking about getting involved, but that's yeah. a long winded answer to your question. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. I didn't want to get too, too off topic, but uh, I think recently there was like some random, like, a Bitcoin miner or something on top of a mountain with like a solar panel connected to it, like Utah or something. <laughs> so it kind of reminded me of that. But uh, no, that's interesting. It's uh, it, I, I was interested in that, and I do need to kind of look into that some more. So I, I may have to check that space out. But yeah, appreciate it. And then I just have one more question: uh, Are you guys going to be uh, a consensus or anything this uh, next week, or, or are you guys just going? Next thing is uh, Bitcoin Miami. Yeah, no, I'll be at Consensus next week. I'm flying in on Tuesday. I'll be at the wait Tuesday. Yeah, I'll be at the I'll be at the Tron party Tuesday night, and then on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, excuse me, I'll be at the conference, and then I'm flying out cool. Saturday. Yeah, I know we'll have some people there from Brave as well, and I'll I'll be over there. Uh, so maybe we can hook up. Anyways, I'll let uh, whoever else had something to ask go. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to answer the question, the first AMA we ever hosted uh, was Stellar XLD. Got to get familiar with that one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're still around, man, but um, I'll let you know if I find anything. Yeah, I can hop in real quick, too. Um, that was super interesting about Helium. I actually pulled up the recording of that AMA that you guys recently did, and I'll, I'll pin it um, here. So everyone listening, if you want to tune in and access it, you'll be able to do that easily. We only have a couple minutes left, and I wanted to touch on uh, two more things. The main thing, though, was uh, you guys are doing a lot of work with uh, universities. You have an ambassador program. I would love to hear all about that, how you established it, what it does, um, You know, how you're recruiting students across campuses uh, give us the whole thing <laughs> yeah of course so the university campaign was kicked off we you know uh, we started messaging them at the end of 2022 just like all these university blockchain clubs we started getting on calls with all of them giving an intro of who we are what we do and bringing them on for complimentary AMAs. We want to learn more about the students, the blockchain clubs that they're facilitating, how they're educating their fellow peers, what the infrastructure is like at the universities for learning about this stuff, whether it's from not just from fellow students, but professors. And we, we were very quickly, excuse me, realized that these students are very intelligent, they're very well informed when it comes to Web3. A lot of them have been playing with this. I mean, if you think about it, you know, especially the freshmen, they've been playing with this stuff in 2017, just like I have, but they were in high school, right? Some of them were in middle school. And so 
they've been growing up with this, going through puberty with this, things that stick better when you're when you're a, a teenager. And so um, they know about this stuff when I talk to them better than a lot of people and myself and people in my circles, really impressive. And that made me realize very quickly that they're going to be the ones that push this industry to the next level. Gen Z's, Gen Alpha's, not just because they grew up with this stuff, they also just have the infrastructure to learn from each other, to communicate with each other. Uh, the blockchain clubs have these, there's college DAO. It's one of our partners. They kind of bring the blockchain clubs together. So these silos are coming together and we all know what happens when silos unite. University blockchain club is another one of our partners and they're doing the same thing, bringing hundreds of blockchain universities together. But if you go to our website, you can see it the university partners that we have and really the, um, the, the, the whole university campaign thing, it's taken us all by surprise. None of us expected it to be this successful. Uh, but we, after we do the AMAs, after we bring them on for Twitter spaces and learn about them and what they're doing and all that good stuff, um, we reach out to them and say, well, hey, how can we help you guys, right? What do you guys currently um, need? Where are you guys stuck in your growth cycle? And if there are synergies and if they want our help, then we announce official partnerships. And so um, that's kind of been that's kind of been one of the most fun and exciting things for us is partnering partnering with these universities, offering them all of our tools and everything complimentary. We don't believe that we don't believe that university students should have to pay for anything. We want to be able to uh, equip them with everything that we have and make sure that they have the smoothest transition into the work, um, into the workplace, whether it's connecting them with our, um, uh, with our relationships with people at places like Avalanche or Polygon or Tron, whether it's trying to get them connected with the crypto startup, whether it's bringing them on for an AMA to talk about, project they're building whether it's going to speaking events uh, i was supposed to be at duke university this weekend i couldn't make it i had a lot going on this weekend with consensus as well next week but um i, I would love to do more speaking events i had a speaking event at vanderbilt i did um it's another one of our partners duke's another one of our partners by the way um i'm not going to list them all but um yeah i'm I looking forward to partnering with more universities and helping them grow in the best way that uh, that we possibly can and we're really excited about the potential of um, these fresh minds coming into the industry. And a lot of them are, a lot of them are building amazing things like a 16 gives these blockchain clubs like blockchain at Michigan or at the blockchain club at UPenn. Uh, I think they're called Franklin Dow. They give them these like, uh, like Aave governance tokens so that the students are actually making, not only are they making decisions in protocol proposals and, protocol decisions but they're also proposing a lot of the big um a lot of the big changes or expansions of these protocols for example franklin dow they proposed they find they were the ones that proposed the um the metis ave expansion so ave will be launching on the layer two metis in the near future and that was proposed by frank franklin dow which is a which is an arm of the upen blockchain club uh, also um Abdullah Omar, who is a member of BAM, Blockchain at Michigan, has made two critical proposals for Uniswap, one for Uniswap to expand to Avalanche, and then another for Uniswap to expand to Moonbeam. 
Uh, and this guy, I mean, he's like 21, and I, I spoke with him on an AMA. He's a gigabrain. It's insane. This guy, this guy can give you an articulate answer about anything that you ask about for the most part when, as it pertains to Web3. So again, long-winded answer to your question. I tend to do that. But I, I, I think it's really important to highlight our university partnerships because that, that's that is um, I, I'm probably like that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of uh, as far as what we all coin talk has done. No, please. I love your long winded answers. And the reason we're so interested is because we too have well, we have a bad ambassadors program made up of volunteers from around the world. And we're, you know, looking to expand and um, we're trying to roll in like a student ambassadors program and expand globally that way. So hearing what you guys are doing is so interesting. And I think harnessing the power of students is so key. Like you said, they are the leaders of tomorrow. And most importantly, like they are the real Web3 natives, you know, as opposed to all of us who've kind of like come into the Web3 space, like these kids are growing up with this stuff. They are native to it. And so, you know, getting them to, uh, you know, getting them young is, is, is the most important thing. And like you said, they're, they're so intelligent, so articulate, uh, have such great ideas. They, there's power in numbers, too, with students. So, um, yeah, there's so much good that comes from working with students. And there's a lot to dive into here. And we're out of time. But I would love to connect with you separately to talk more about this and pick your brain if you, um, if you are OK with that. But, um, yeah, this is also interesting. And we're really impressed with the work that you've done so far. I was looking at your website and seeing all the the unis that you're currently partnered with and I was like wow oh my god I need to I need to talk to them about this um and I also see that someone in the audience has a hand up at USA so I'm gonna hand over the mic real quick we can get a question in for the end Bat USA take it away yeah and while they while they come up I actually I feel bad not I, I named a few partners and I feel bad naming a few so our university partners are Duke Blockchain Club, Cornell Blockchain, Spartan Blockchain, Vanderbilt Blockchain, uh, Vanderbilt, excuse me, Blockchain, uh, VCU Blockchain, Blockchain at Virginia Tech, College Dow, and Nova Blockchain as well. Uh, they're, they're over in Portugal, as well as University Blockchain Alliance. So those are our university partners. And if I missed any, then I'm sorry, but I think I got them all. So, sorry, uh, Bat USA, go for it, sir. Yeah, I didn't realize I was on this account, but uh, I'll ask, say anyway. Yeah, I was uh, over at Duke actually this morning. Um, not for their crypto conference, unfortunately. But uh, if you're ever doing stuff in that area, because I know I was going to try organize maybe an event with the Duke, with their club related crypto. If you're ever in that area and want to meet up or do anything with some, one of the ambassadors, you know, just hit me up. Absolutely, man. I'm already having FOMO about not being there this weekend. But again, I got I got family in town. We got a couple birthdays. There's a lot going on. And, and it was hard for me to pull away with me also being gone next week for consensus. But definitely uh, looking. I mean, I definitely plan on coming down to Durham some, sometime in the near future and doing something. I, I love the Duke Blockchain Club. Uh, students are amazing. I mean, these guys are so smart, so well organized. It's really impressive, man. It's yeah, really impressive what these students are doing. Yeah, their club's a bit bigger than some of the other ones in the area. Like, you know, UNC's nearby, but I think theirs is, like, halfway dead. And then uh, State has one that is pretty new. I've talked yeah. I've talked with them before. Yeah, yeah. So what University Blockchain Alliance and College Dow are doing, they're two of our partners, is they're taking these blockchain clubs that are kind of running on fumes, and they're reaching out to them, and they're, they're kind of bringing those students into their infrastructure, uh, kind of creating this this university juggernaut that that spans across multiple continents um and i think uh, yeah 
I, I wanted to say one more thing, but I, I know we're running out of time here. And I, Oh, I was going to say, if, if you want to DM me, please DM me on my personal account. It's WCTNOAH. It's also in the bio for this, uh, for this aquarium, uh, for this aquarium account. It's easier for me. I'm typically on, I pr- typically have that open on my phone as well. So it's, I'm typically fast to respond there, but thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, this was amazing. And thank you, Bao uh, is speaking from the Bat USA County. Bao, thanks so much for the question. That was great. And I would love to see um, a Bat Ambassadors X Whale Coin Talk collab. That would be super cool. Um, I guess last question to wrap it up for you, Noah. What AMA guest, this might be a tricky one, what guest that you've interviewed has delighted or surprised you the most and why? Oh, uh, yeah, that's hard. That's a hard one. First of all, I would love to do... Um, well, first of all, let me say that I love Brave Browser. I can't say enough how much I love Brave Browser. I've been using it since 2018. It wasn't that great in 2018, so I switched back to Chrome in 2019. But then I like revisited it, I think late 2020 or early 2021, and it's indistinguishable and better. I don't have to have all those those like silly add-ons. It does everything for me. And I've earned about $60 worth of Brave tokens in the last year just by using my browser. So um, not financial advice, but I think Brave Browser is, a, is just a, one, of the, one of the coolest products that I've, um, that I've played with. Don't get me started on their wallet, their built-in VPN. <laughs> it's like, I can, I can still Brave for days. But, so, this is an unpaid endorsement, everybody. Unpaid well, look, endorsement. I, it's unpaid, but I also had Luke on. Um, I had Luke on and he, I mean, he, Luke is what, you know what? Luke has been one of my favorite guests because not only is he super informed and like super smart and just knows a lot about a lot of things. He knows a lot about what's going on with Brave. He got me super hype on Brave and Luke is available. His DMs are open. Like you can message Luke anytime. I messaged Luke and asked him a question. I was like, look, I have Brave tokens on my old browser and um, I want to see if I can connect them to my Gemini account and I won't lose the ones from my new browser. Luke responded to me in a matter of minutes and he answered my question and he was like, no, you can do that. And so very rare that you can just DM the VP of business ops uh, at a company and ask him questions. Luke's been my, one of my favorite guests that I've had on. Um, it's hard for me off the top of my head to think about, <laughs> I've spoken to a lot of good people. Um, I've spoken to a lot of awesome people and it's hard for me to think about off the top of my head what my favorite one was, but uh, Luke Mulks was definitely up there. So I'm going to go with Luke. Oh, wow. We love that. <laughs> of course we love that. Um, yeah. Luke is the best. Like you said, so informed, so knowledgeable, so willing to talk, always available. He's literally bionic. It makes no sense. Like I'm still trying to figure it out and I've been working with him for like five and a half years. I still don't get it. He's unreal and he has so much to say but he doesn't bloviate like everything that he says is meaningful it's incredible anyway we we are we're big luke fans around here and we love that you love speaking to him too (laughs) so that's the final answer to your question right yeah i mean because because here's the thing like i um i told you guys my my retention is not that great and if I start remembering all the amazing guests I have on, I'll probably just keep naming people. It's hard for me to name a favorite. I, I really yeah. don't. Um, I really don't have a favorite. I'm just, it's a honest truth, but I do have, I, hear you. I do have like a hall of fame and Luke's in it. So I figured we're in a brave space. Why not shout out Luke? 
Love that so much. And I totally get it. Like if you start recalling your favorite guests, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, and then there was this one and that one and oh yeah, this one too. Like I, I totally understand. <laughs> it was kind of a trick question, but thank you so much, Noah. This has been absolutely amazing. Are there any last things that you want to share? Maybe cool things coming down the pike, something that you're really excited about that you want to just drop a little alpha before we hop off today? Yeah, for sure. Uh, as I mentioned, we're focusing a lot on educational and news content. We really believe education is a critical catalyst to mass adoption. So anyone that wants to do any sort of collab collaborative educational content, we're always open. You can find us at www.whalecointalk.com. I was at NFT.NYC two weeks ago, or was it last week? I can't remember anymore. Um, and I was, uh, I'm going to be at Consensus next week, Bitcoin Miami after that. So um and we're going to be going to a lot more conferences this year. So if people want to meet up and just and chat about different ways we can collaborate. I'm always open to that. And if you have any questions, just shoot us a DM at Whale Coin Talk or at my personal WCT Noah. I'm always happy to chat with anyone that wants to talk. Loves it. Thank you once again for your time, your great energy, and all the wonderful information. We'll definitely have to have you on again for a part two. Um, there's definitely more to dive into here, especially around the Campus Ambassadors program. Super interesting. Um, but yeah, Noah, thank you again. Like, big ups. This was amazing. Much love. Cheers. Big ups. Thank you. And much thank love. Thank you so much. And remember, everybody, who wants to say it? Nah. <laughs> it's all brave. All brave, baby. Brave. Thank you, Noah. Thanks so Thank much. Thanks everyone uh, for tuning in. Thanks everybody. See you guys. Bye, gang. Yes. See, you next week. <laughs> See everyone. <laughs>